Well, uh, this is uh, Coach JBS Dnut joined with Coach uh, Tao T A U um, from the Flagstaff team, um, filling in for Coach V. Uh, we're going to be taking a look at three of the PNTT groups. With the, yeah, the Gary, Gary group, which features Montpelier, South Bend, Yuma, and Reno. Coach, looking at Montpelier, you know, last year's runner-up, uh, they, they're, they're certainly bringing back another strong squad. Uh, initially, kind of what stands out to you from, uh, from this team and, and the top seed? in the uh in the gary group yeah you know it's just a it's a team that that continues to perform well each and every year uh they they continue to stack good recruiting classes on top of each other uh you know they they only lost uh one senior that was in the starting lineup yesterday or from last season uh moises gary uh who was who was a good a good shooting guard for them but you know I, i wouldn't say he was somebody that that they can't replace um, you know, you've got your studs at Ethan James and Tanner Wilkerson at point guard and small forward, depending on if they're going to stay there or not. I think Ethan James is a, a lock. It's it's small forward, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, they're they're really good. They're really deep. Um, and, I, you know, I, they're going to be tough, a tough out in this Gary group for sure. A hundred percent. And, you know, their class ranking of three just just really speaks the amount of talent that, uh, that that Coach Russ has been able to assemble. We mentioned Moises Gary leaving. That's really the, the, the name of this group, who it's named after. Yep. Um, they've got some good freshmen coming in. I think Dorian Garavall, I can't even, I'm not even going to <laughs> say that last name, but yeah, a true, he, true shooting percentage of, of nearly 70% crazy, playing. Crazy, crazy. If, if you can come in and, and hit that, you know, 15 points per game that, that Gary was putting up last season – or if not exceed it, I think uh, I think Montpelier's in for another strong season. I'm also very curious to see what happens with uh, with Wyatt Tabaris. If there's if there's a weakness on this Montpelier team, it's it's scro- scoring from the big men. So does Tabaris come in and take minutes from Samuel Stewart? I think Robinson's probably a lot to start with his 3.3 blocks per game, but does yep. Stewart lose a few minutes? For Tabaras to kind of come in and you know start evening out that uh, that point scoring spree, if you will, I, I agree a hundred percent. You know, the I, to me it seems like the easiest, and this is just kind of in my head. I have no stats to back this up, but it seems like the easiest position that I've seen, and at least when I've been coaching, to kind of upgrade uh, with a freshman is that power forward position. Yep. If you're looking for scoring, it just you, there's not a ton on them defensively. Uh, you very rarely are they going to be going against, you know, the top elite defensive big man on the other team. I, I think that's a great observation that, that, you know, you can upgrade that Samuel Stewart spot at power forward and, and, and even take this team to, to an even more dangerous contender for the NTT title. Yeah. Coach, coach Russ has a lot of um, options at his disposal. He's got height, he's got scoring, he's got defense, all the reason why they, they finished last year as the runner up again, losing yep. one starter, as you noted, uh, preseason ranked 11, class rank of three. Um, there's, they're the cream of the crop. There's, there's a reason they're the one seed. Um, that's not to take away. I think South Bend, the, uh, the second seed coach Whelan in this group certainly has, uh, has some, some potential as well. They lose one starter from last season, uh, and just like Mount Pelier. Yep, a hundred percent. You know, Coach Whelan, I I never count him out at all. 
you know, they've got two really good classes on that senior class and that sophomore class. And like you said, only losing one per, you know, one person off of last year's roster. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a big guy that, you know, held down the center spot, but I, maybe in name only, you know, the production wasn't huge with blocks, wasn't huge with rebounds. I, you know, he kind of split it with uh, the other, you know, the two of them, the starter and the uh, Matthew Gaithier at, at the backup spot. But I, you know, that's not to me something that's insurmountable to try and replace. I, I think you've got options there that, uh, you know, that you've got a freshman, Jared Durden coming in. Uh, I, I like kind of the the offense that he could bring compared to what they had last season. And I don't know if you're, you know, just looking at his stats coming in, I, I don't think you're going to lose a lot defensively, if anything, on the defensive and rebounding side. So I, I think you've got maybe a plug-and-play option there between him or the other freshman, Austin Hines. Yeah. So I, I think you got a couple of good options there. Both can, st- can score probably worse than – or, excuse me, better than, than what you're losing. Uh, and, and you're still going to have, you know, the, the depth uh, and, and not really knowing who to focus on with the other four starters is kind of what was the strength of that team last year, that, you know, any of the other four, one through four, can burn you on any given night. So I, I think that, you know, they've got uh, some depth compared to the other two in this group, and, and you know, I think that they're they're a, a worthy challenger for, for Montpelier. Certainly a worthy challenger. Anytime you can, you know, stretch out four guys that average double figures. Um, it, it, honestly, it makes you wonder how they lost 11 games last year. Um, very talented squad. Anytime you bring in three big men that all nearly average a double-double as well, that uh, that certainly doesn't hurt. And then Gabriel ah. Rogers, you know, a, a second-team all-league freshman last yep. year. Um, 14 points, nine assists, a little over one steal a game. He could take that next step. So exactly. certainly a um, a fun test for Montpelier. They don't really meet until game six. So those yep. two are going to have to wait a little bit um, to kind of figure out what we've got in store. Um, South Bend kicks off everything with Reno, who we'll get to in, here in a minute. Uh, no, they kick off with Yuma, which is actually the perfect transition, transition we here. Yeah, um, my, my conference rival. Coach Cheese, <laughs> I'll let uh, I'll let you take off with this one since you've got a little bit more of an expertise and a little bit better scouting report on you. Yeah, Europe. you know, we, we I joined this league uh, thirty one, not really, you know, being that familiar with a lot of the other coaches from from the previous leagues I came into and just kind of hopped into to Flagstaff, and and you know, Yuma's been our kind of arch rival the entire time we've been here. He. He routinely gets the most out of his his players, and and uh, you know I, you see kind of what he's got recruiting wise according to the magazines, and it, it doesn't really blow you away. But he, he always scraps, and they, they get it together. And you know he's been right on that cusp of of breaking into the NTT, and for the last couple of seasons, and he's just got really unlucky on a couple of games, and just kind of you know the balls bounced the wrong way for him. So I'm interested to see how he puts this team together. He did lose kind of what I thought was was one of the tougher matchups in David Mattingly last season. I know he was a bear every time we played him. And, you know, anytime you're losing a big man that's scoring almost 22 a game, it, it's going to be hard to replace. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I, I don't think that he landed his his top targets to kind of replace Mattingly. Uh, so that's going to be a challenge. But, you know, he's got um, Cameron McKinney back. He, he Coach Cheese always in Yuma does all a great job of maximizing – when he knows he's got somebody talented like that, 
in McKinney coming back, he's going to make sure that they get the most out of that per, out of that player. So I, I got I don't entirely know what his what is you know what he's going to roll out, but I think he's got some options here. Got a little bit of size in the freshman class, a lot of size actually. I missed John Lawrence down there, so you know he's going to have that kind of rotation probably on the big men. Um, but he's, he's going to have to come up with points somewhere other yep. than Cameron McKinney. And, and, and that's where kind of he's going to have to figure that out. Yep. McKinney and, Ad, and maybe that's Adams coming in and, and taking a bigger step. He he shot a very good percentage last year as a sophomore. Yep. Eight assists, a little over a steal. He's going to have to probably shoulder a little bit more weight. But, you know, anytime you've got to have at least three scores. Yes. Really define success in, uh, in, in, in this league. And, you know, whether it comes from the bench, whether it comes from maybe one of the freshmen make a jump, um, he's going to have the size, but is, is the production going to be there? Not sure. Yuma does enter this year um, ranked as the 95th team preseason class rank from a recruiting perspective, 127. So not not the traditional talent that we've seen in Yuma, but we know yeah. the coaching is there. For but sure. um, in terms of just, just looking at the, the top two seeds – Yuma's at least one step below both yeah. Montpelier and, and South Bend. Yeah, you know, I think that McKinney can can play with anybody. It's just is he not is he going to get enough help? And in, in a tournament that's this deep and has this much talent, uh, especially in his group above him, I, that's just going to be a tough ask. One hundred percent. And then, kind of rounding things out, we mentioned them earlier. We'll get over to and what we're looking at from that perspective. Uh, these guys did not bring in the freshman class. I think they were really targeting. Um, lost two starters, really, with, with Eric Neese, who led their team in scoring last year, um, as well as their center, Colin Potlick. Um, not a huge production guy. Um, did not bring any size in. So that that's, that's certainly one scare if you're the Rollers, if you're from Reno. Um, the size is, is, is not going to be there as compared to the three other teams in this region. Yep. I, I think that's the the biggest hurdle that they're going to run into. And, and, you know, you look at, you got Gregory Tedder already on the roster, but, you know, you look at, at kind of what he was able to add last year and even, you know, the per 30 num- numbers. I mean, he's not, he's barely averaging five rebounds a game as a center. So you, you got some issues there. And, and is, the question is just going to be, can you physically hold up to some of the size and the talent download that you're going to run into in this tournament. And I, unfortunately for Reno with the, you know, they missed some, some talent for sure. in their recruiting class, I just don't know if, if that junior class without it having the size is going to be able to be talented enough to, to propel them to where they need to be in this tournament. Unfortunately. Col- Colby McCullough. And for this team to, you know, steal a few wins here and there, um, not saying it's impossible, but certainly a stretch would, yes. uh, would, would would be my call. That really rounds out the Gary Group coach. Um, from from a uh, from a prediction standpoint, um, I, I think we both kind of sounded very. So I think we're both on Mount Montpelier potentially the favorite. I think South Bend can certainly challenge um, in this group, though. Yeah, uh, for sure, and and I think that you know it, it's always fun when you see that, that, you know, those two top teams are, are aligned against each other uh, there at the end. So, you know, it, I always, you know, enjoy it when that, when that last game already means or does mean something and, and you've got, you know, something or all of that whole group kind of riding on that last game. That's always fun. And I think that'll be a, a really fun game to watch. You know, you've got, 
South Bend's a little easier schedule, I think, mm-hmm. just because they don't have, uh, you know, kind of the top dog on the schedule that South Bend does. You know, they, they've got to play – or I'm sorry, um, not South Bend. Got, got my scope. Clicking around, clicking around too much over here. <laughs> they uh, – you know, Montpelier has the uh, the number 19 – Ann Arbor being bongs. And mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's a tough matchup. Everybody knows, you know, they, they won the NTT two years ago. They've got a lot of talent still on that roster that helped propel them to that title. That's going to be a, a showdown. And, and, you know, very, very likely, you know, it's a 50, 50 toss up. So, you know, if, if South Bend can, can, can get to that game, you know, they might even have, you know, a, a chance to, to be undefeated in your, your cut. We're rolling in with Montpelier with one loss. So, it could be interesting there on that last game. It'll it'll certainly be fun to watch, Coach. I think uh, I think you hit the nail on the head with the schedules. We'll see how uh, Montpelier plays around with those first three, and then they get uh, in Arbor, who's always a thorn in everyone's side. Yep. That'll be a fun team to watch this year. I know that expectations are very high after a national runner-up uh, from last season. For sure.